welcome to the Volunteer Firefighting Podcast. I'm with three members of my firefighting family tonight. I have <laughs> Ash. Hello. I'm Scott. Hey. And we have Rob. Hello. <coughs> um, yeah, thanks for tuning in tonight, guys. Uh, do we have any news, guys? Province is flooding again. Province is flooding uh-huh. again. So what is the, This is the round two, two. storm of the... Number round two with the flooding... Atmosphere, yeah, river, atmosphere. 20 rounds of yeah. firefighting, or fires, yeah. mm-hmm. forest fires and flooding. And apparently there's one more coming on in yeah. a couple of days as well, another river. A third, oh, two more. Atmospheric river. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah, so like we never heard of an atmospheric river before and we got three of them in a month. <laughs> I know, right? It's all these new terms. Yeah. Yeah. It's And now, of course, everybody is just beating the bandwagon boat, um, um, changes to the environment and climate change, mm-hmm. climate change and everything else too. And yeah, it's it's everything turns into like a uh, political platform all of a sudden. Everything's a political oh, yeah. platform. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now we have the Omegatron variant of the COVID. <laughs> Omegatron. <laughs> Omegatron. <laughs> what is it called? Omicron. <laughs> Omicron. <laughs> Just watch The Simpsons. Yeah. It either sounds like a transformer or something off a of Robocop. Isn't, wasn't there like a, was it wasn't even that evil company on Robocop? Wasn't it an OCP? OCP? The OCP? I can't remember what it was, but it's the OCP. Well, it's Omegatron. There you go. Omicron. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Omicron Corporation. I think it is Omicron. Omicron? <laughs> so I'm going to be doing it for the next five minutes. So. Yeah. <laughs> Scott's going to be doing some research here. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, province is flooding again. Um, pile more rain. Um, so it looks like one of the rivers on the state side of yes. uh, Abbotsford has breached its banks, and they're worried that if those pumps fail, they're not going to keep up. It's just keep on coming. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a thing. It's flooding again. A couple other cities are flooding. What did you find? Uh, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the name of the river. That's what the, the, never mind. Oh, the Ballsack? The Nutsack. The Nutsack River. Oh, the Nutsack. It's about to burst. Yeah. <laughs> Nutsack. 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 Oh. Uh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> That's why we had an explicit warning on her. <laughs> Can't be that explicit. It's an actual real name. Of a real I don't think it's actually Nutsack. <laughs> it's close. It sounds like Nutsack. <laughs> we always called it that, anyways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, 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 so the Nutsack is flooding again. It's spilling its banks. It's about to burst. <laughs> it's about to burst. <laughs> Oh, God. oh yeah. we're assholes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so anyway, so it's uh Nukasak. <laughs> it's not even not it's a Nukasak. Nukasak, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> um anyway. it does sound like there's still a ton of people helping, ton of volunteers. We've got the military there, lots of sandbagging around some essential pump stations and communities and other vital services. Uh so they're hoping for the best, but they are quite worried. And then another community that was uh, really affected by the floods, closer to us, Princeton. Uh, sounds like it's getting a lot worse again there tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of uh, a lot of flooding again. Uh, they shut the highway down again. Um, yeah. So actually, actually all the highway routes are closed again. Mm-hmm. Um, I just got a message from our EOC tonight that Highway One is hopefully reopening at daylight, but that's to be announced. Right. So they will see what happens. Robocop, OCP, Omni Consumer Products, Omni, Omnicron. <laughs> you just start writing your own little conspiracy there. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's about the same time when uh, when Robocop was set, too. Interesting. 
Mm. Yeah, it's mm. fine. Mm. There we go. <laughs> Got a mustache and twirl it. <laughs> yeah, you're a little weak on the mustache. Though. I we shaved it. I shaved it. We gotta do a picture. Right. Who is? You? Are you doing it too, or is it you just growing? This is always me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's always it's a little yeah. more bushy right, right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Tim Hortons lady called me on my mustache tonight. Called you out on it? Yeah, she's like, oh, you're growing your mustache. Is that for uh, Movember? But like, yes, it is. Thank mm-hmm. you. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't say it looked good. <laughs> no, <way. laughs> not at all. <laughs> yeah. Actually, one of our directors, uh, I was at a Zoom meeting the other day. Uh, they commented on my... On my mustache, I didn't hear it at first because I was still on mute, and all, all I was laughing. No, they started talking about. I'm like, I kind of point to myself, like me. You guys are talking about me. It's like, oh. <laughs> and our like our lead director for occupational health and safety, she's like, so does that fit under a uh, respirator? I'm like, yes, it does. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, uh, yeah, shit's flooding underwater. It's ugly. Um, yeah, yeah. Stay tuned for that. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, they just got uh, a lot of the repairs, temporary repairs, to the Coquihalla Highway. Uh, that that was, uh, uh, a lot of the bridges were mm-hmm. were being temporary repaired. Um, I don't know what this, this will bring for those repairs. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, some of them they were saying uh, they were projecting, like, end of January to, to get, like, some of the flow going again. Which I have to say a lot faster than I thought. Absolutely, yeah. Like the first was going to be like well into spring, yeah. Um, kind of post post runoff, yeah, was the initial, uh, and then temporary, um, which I'm sure, yeah, they'll pick the good side and, yeah. um, you know, take everything down to uh, double lane only. So that's but right. Still, it's very very impressive. Yeah, that, they're just they're guessing too, right? Yeah. Oh, it is a lot of guesswork right now. COVID was over in two weeks too. I heard. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> two weeks to flatten the river. I yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It, it is quite impressive, though, seeing the uh, the response of how much um, heavy equipment is up there and yeah. how much rock they're actually moving to mm-hmm. get some yeah. things going on again. Yeah. I saw a post on uh, you know, the good old TikToks. I was going to say, I get all of my uh, highway repair <laughs> right? in, in information from uh, TikTok. Yeah, so somebody said, uh, oh, we get to go get our trucks and trailers and quads again. So they um, were escorted in. Uh, where they abandoned all their vehicles in a big row, oh, mm-hmm. and they videotaped them actually going out on, and they made showed a, a road that one of the excavators had made. Uh, they were dropping the, all those wood platforms down, mm-hmm. those rig mats. Oh, really? Yep. Yeah, made a huge road out of it, hmm. and they're driving out on that. It's kind of cool. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, let's uh, move on out of that. So tonight we're going to talk a little bit about um, what we've been up to the past kind of couple of weeks. So we'll kick it over to Rob. So. Not last practice. Surprise, Rob. Surprise. Surprise. But the practice before. So as you guys have been getting ready, um, doing a bunch of uh, mini scenarios and kind of drilling for the FR stuff in the rollout, just getting guys prepped and broken into teams um, for your yeah. deployment. I'll, I'll take that for a second. Yep. Since uh, I'm the training guard. Um, we, um, yeah, we did the, um, we were trying to do at night, have teams that go out rather than uh, the entire page out. Is that your spit cup? Well, there's going to be about oh. a bunch of weird things in it. Oh. <laughs> the Tim Hortons lady left you some, some surprise in there. <laughs> um, anyways, we were yeah, we were trying to. We don't want to have a, a general like everybody gets called out for FR because right. one of the things we heard from talking to other departments is they're like you know we lose a lot of guys because they just don't want to get paged out at all hours um, to these calls that are you know really only take four. Four or five people at the most. Right. So, 
we've fixed the um, comms issue. JP mm-hmm. did a good job of that. He, you know, we we've uh, we have that now, so we have a separate tone. Um, we haven't really heard it yet. Well, we heard it a couple times mm-hmm. in practice yeah. or in testing testing phase. We have a second tone now as well, just for our duty or not duty crew, duty officer, nice. rather than paging, yeah, waking right. up the whole whole department. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So I guess the same idea. So what you know, what'll happen is it'll guys that are working the FR they can flip their pages over to FR only, and then only those guys will get uh, toned out at night, and then uh, during the day everybody gets toned out. So um, we've kind of broken the department down into teams. Um, some of it based on like we you know we we sat with the, our instructor and she was like okay, um, and she kind of went through like who is really like who really had a really strong grasp. And who might need a little bit of extra, like who kind of needs that little bit of maybe help or or yeah. maybe isn't as uh, well versed in medical. Yep. Yeah. So we've kind of made our list based on that, and then we've also got some guys who haven't got a FR yet, and they they drop in as uh, drivers. So we did that, and now we're like, okay, we have to see how this works. Like, let's see how this gels. Mm-hmm. So basically, um, left it up to Carrie, who's our um, our instructor for FR. Um, asked you to come up. Um, some of our strong medical people, they've made some scenarios. Kevin um, mm-hmm. made one. Um, they've made some scenarios, and I kind of wanted, like, the, kind of their instruction was to push push the crews a little bit. Let's push them up past their comfort level, and, you know, if they fail, if they fail, they fail. If not, they don't. Um, and then we will um, see where we're at in a couple weeks and go from there. Mm-hmm. Overall, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, two weeks ago, my FR crew we got together and we did a couple of calls with uh, Jason's FR crew. He he was out and about too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got four guys on, or me and three other guys on our crew. We took our rescue truck out, and we ended up having one. Uh, we'll call it like a minor call. And a trauma call, mm-hmm. uh, or medical, and a yeah, trauma see, call. It was a minor, I think it was medical. <laughs> <laughs> medical, sorry, that's what that's what I meant. Um, so our first call was uh, with Kevin. Uh, he had actually he roped Bob into portraying a uh, patient, and we ended up with a shortness of breath call, which was actually very much along the lines of days prior to that training call. We had one locally where we got called out because ambulance was delayed and uh, a guy complaining of shortness of breath. So uh, it was during my duty week, actually. And so uh, Bob and I ended up at that, and then the rescue truck showed up. Actually, Ashley were there. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of got our feet a little wet on something like that Mm -hmm. because usually if we get called, ambulance is there already sometimes. So, Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But just going through all the questions and, and, you know, trying to get information that we can. So once we started doing our training uh, on that scenario, it w- it started to uh, be very reminiscent of that that call a few days mm-hmm. earlier. So uh, I had two guys as the uh, the assistants and the uh, attendant. attendant, and they started doing their you know patient assessments and all their questions and uh, our driver. Uh, Dane right now who's got a uh, bummed wrist he can't really do a lot of work so he was our driver and then I was the again the officer and I was you know dictating the information writing it down as they were at, asking questions and taking 
blood pressures and medical histories. So I was gathering that information. Um, and yeah, so it went from a shortness of breath to where just before Bob's, as the patient what was stopped breathing, because uh, he was starting to have that kind of look like he was something was going to happen. I suggested to to one of my guys to maybe we should start to lay lay the patient down, get him in a comfortable position because he was just sitting, and so we got him laid down, and that's when he went unconscious. And we did. We actually uh, they threw the dummy out to do CPR. And well, the, well, not, not to do CPR, not to do CPR, the but they threw the dummy <laughs> the the CPR dummy down. Yeah. And we were getting our information from Kevin. He's like, okay, blood pressure is this, pulse is this. He's breathing. He's stopped breathing, but he has a pulse. Right. Uh, and of course, uh, our guys start grabbing whatever gear they need out of the bag. They grab the BVM, start giving them uh, air with the BVM, and just monitoring monitoring vitals until um, right. actually Todd, you showed up and you yeah. uh, played our. Uh, Ambulance uh, did, arrival yeah. on scene. Actually, paramedic. Yeah, actual paramedic. <laughs> what are you guys doing, gather? Yeah. <laughs> You're clear. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, our guys did our thing and handed over the information to Todd, and that was that was that call. Yeah, yeah I think talking to uh, Kevin, who, like you said, made that uh, scenario. Um, the kind of the trap in that one was yeah. uh, was to see if um, guys would check the carotid or just go right to CPR. Yeah, and I think uh, one of the crews might have went right to CPR. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know there was some there was a few uh, cues that Kevin was giving, like oh yeah, that's uh, yeah. If, well, I forget what one of the cues was. Yeah, if you have to do CPR, if you should be doing CPR, the other guy could help you if you should be doing CPR. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did not start doing CPR. We yeah. just stuck with the the BBM. Yeah, and you know, and that's why we like we tell tell the guys all the time when we make mistakes. That's why we train because mm-hmm. guaranteed that crew probably. Not saying they learned more than your crew, but they probably learned. They took away more for sure. Yeah, they probably yeah. took away more and went. Okay, I'm always going to check that carotid pulse or or, yeah. or yeah, yeah. before before doing that <laughs> CPR. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I can pipe in for that one for that second crew. So right, I, I actually role played the patient for them, um, and it's uh, we talked about it after we debriefed. So basically, the the call was short of breath, um, severe difficulty breathing, tripoding. Um, going into respiratory failure, you go into respiratory arrest, uh, then you lose consciousness, and then they're um, assisting with uh, ventilations. Um, and then, of course, when we actually go into that mechanical practice, is that's when we need the anti-dolls out now to do the um, BVM maneuvers, mm-hmm. right, and the airway maneuvers. So as soon as they did that, they jumped into um, the airway and the BVM, but then also CPR. Um, and the prompts where Kevin was giving them is like, no, he has a pulse. Okay, and Kevin. Doing CPR, <laughs> uh, so we, we broke it down afterwards when we talked about it. Said when you're training, we're always training like those cardiac rest calls. You're drilling yeah. so much on the cardiac rest calls, yeah. and then in this environment, somebody throws a dummy down beside you. Mm, yeah, you're, your brain mentally, triggers back. To yeah, the, you're triggered to the into right? okay. Yeah, we're we're ventilating. Mm. CPR, get on that chest. Mm-hmm. So they owned up to it, and we discussed it and said, well, in this training environment, it is. Uh, very easy to get sucked into that. Mm-hmm. But now that you know that, any just as a reminder, any patient change, just go back to the basics. Like break mm-hmm. it down. Think, keep it simple, right? Yeah. Go back to your your ABCs, and then right back into that pulse. Go reach for that carotid pulse. Oh no, he he has it. And now that he's in just respiratory arrest, 
you have a lot of other bodies that are being a four-man crew, you yeah. could literally assign one guy just to sit there and hold a radial to mm-hmm. see if he loses it or not. Yeah. Right. So, but um, this is why we practice because you're going to do a whole pile more of these primary and secondary drills. Right. So you can really get comfortable with that. Yeah. yeah and I think uh, in the summer when we did the uh, the lake drowning call that I mm-hmm. when I was yeah. a patient, um, I actually let the guys put the BBM on me, and they were giving me assisted respirations, but. Like, and they had it sealed tight. And I was like, I was, as a patient, I was trying to time my breathing. So I'm obviously I'm, I'm alive. Yeah. So I'm trying to time my breathing. And it, yeah, it's challenging being the patient when they're trying to do this. So I can see yeah. why we want to use a dummy, but I'm like, okay. Because mm-hmm. um, yeah, at one point, um, but it actually, it, I almost said it was better training because the guys were like, uh, at one point, one of them stopped to say something. And I'm like, ah, because they had a good seal. <laughs> <laughs> I think I need, I need air. Like, oh, shit, here go. Yeah. <laughs> That's one thing we can uh, we can drill later on too. Like once guys do a bunch more scenarios um, to actually get into that assisted respirations right. in case you get into that scenario because yeah. uh, it does happen where th- they're going to need the breathing. Yeah, yeah. they're going to need some assistance with the BVM. Yeah, mm-hmm. but we're not fully. Yeah, you're not. You know, doing yeah, you're watching when they. Yeah, right. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's some tricks to doing that with the patient sitting upright and, and conscious. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it's a tough skill. I mean, it's tough for all of us to do. Yeah. So it, it takes a lot of finesse, and the patients don't like that feeling because they're already feeling trapped yeah. and not enough air, and now you're throwing this mask on them and they're conscious. That's why I say the unconscious patient is always the most easy patient to yeah. handle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas somebody who's alert and orientated, but now in a respiratory distress, that's quite a hard hard call to to manage with uh, with basic skills for BBMing. I know. I we're probably going to find too with these types of those types of calls that. We're going to be fine with the two men doing their thing like we were. And we'll have our truck driver or our driver as the running back and forth to the truck, grabbing the equipment like uh, like we should have the, maybe a backboard or a spineboard or a clamshell. Clamshell, yeah. Um, so that we can package our patient so that once you guys arrive, he's ready to go. There's no screwing around, mm-hmm. right? You guys yeah. show up, put him in the ambulance, and away yeah. you go. Yeah, exactly right. It's it's all, um, like I said, it's all going to be time um, with more practice and scenarios, like mm-hmm. you know, and checking that, giving those updates, to dispatching, getting those ETAs. So if they're delayed, there's certain things you could be totally prepping, like you just mentioned, right? And right. Uh, yeah, that's the key is just u- using the clamshell if you have to, and not not spine board. Spine board's just strictly extrication yeah. device. Yeah, yeah. Um, we don't want to be putting anybody on a board mm-hmm. for for a long time. Right. So yeah, that's that. I mean that. That's where I see our two men, the two guys, the other two guys. Like I said, I can be taking notes and checking on the radio, getting updates and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Whereas our four-man crew, like our second call that we had that night for training, was a trauma, which was a, a person who had fallen off twenty feet from a, a ladder, uh, landed in the rocks, had their legs stuck in one of the rungs of the ladder, uh, and so when we got on scene with that. Uh, that was Carrie's scenario, and so she had a um, she actually had her brother helping her mm-hmm. as a patient, and uh, so he was laying on the ground, and we did our C spine, all our body checks, and as we did a body check, of course on his his lower torso, he can he, he starts to you know wince in pain and mm-hmm. a little bit of yelling ah that hurts, mm-hmm. and uh, so we're like okay we're gonna cut his shirt we just zipped it open because that's what he wore. And uh, Carrie had made a, a prop, which was a colored oatmeal in a, a plastic wrap. 
mm-hmm. in in his right. stomach there, which was uh, an evisceration. <laughs> yeah, yeah so, it was like a prop. So uh, so we had that to deal with. So we're packing that and bandaging. So that your manpower. Yeah, so that's where mm-hmm. this became more of a full crew, hands-on, getting him taken care of there. He had a cut on his leg. It was bandaging that. Uh, and then getting him on the clamshell ready for ambulance. Right. So that was pretty much the second scenario, going through all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's the Once you have somebody, like, <clears throat> and you actually start going down into your um, RBS, your rapid body survey, and, and you find some uh, major injuries... You know, that's when you're going to need a bit more hands to start passing the stuff, right? Because yeah. now you're potentially dealing with that major bleed or whatever it may be. Uh, for that one was the intestines hanging out. Yeah. So you need to pro- appropriately dress that, hold it in place, bandage it, wrap it. Um, and that's, yeah, that turns into a two-person job right away. That, yeah. that there too will help us to learn where certain components are in our kits as well. Yeah. Um, as we train more too. Knowing mm-hmm. where, okay, I need, I need that. That's got all my bandages. That's got my wound right. packing. That's got my, yeah. you know, gauze stuff like that. Yeah, it's always good. Like once you guys build build your actual kits, um, try and mimic your training ones as best you can. Yeah, it'll take time, but um, and then that way, <clears throat> you're gonna have uh, the, the modular system works the best. That we've tried, yeah. we've practiced yeah. with the uh, the March stuff from ATAC and things yeah. like that, and. And our kits are very similar in the ambulance. They're all modular into uh, major trauma, minor IVs, drugs, etc. Hey, uh, I was going to ask you, when, what's your trigger for uh, trigger <laughs> for uh, uh, trauma strip? Uh, well, d- again, depends on your environment. Yeah, uh, that's big, like obviously big, in the winter, big, big portion of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, any anywhere where there's a a major trauma. Um, and I, I need to be assessing all components of the body very thoroughly, right? Like that ladder, that, that injury there. Um, that one there, I definitely want to be uh, looking at stuff, whether you actually need to fully strip right. or just kind of lift and pull things away to kind of kind of feel and look. Because right. um, we always want to check our the back, but then that creates a roll, yeah. and we don't want to roll unnecessarily. So, right. But also you don't want to miss that because we see that a lot, is people won't roll, the person to check their back because they don't want to do that unnecessary yeah, movement, they're, they're, they're and then right. next thing you know you, you have a severe injury to the back right, or, right. or a puncture wound or whatever. Right? right yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, mostly mostly the major traumas like we start stripping, um, generally there on scene, and if not, as soon as we're in our controlled environment, back of the ambulance, everything gets cut yeah. off. Yeah. Um, I just remember uh, I know that there was a one fellow that got he's on his bike got yeah hit by the car. Um, we trauma stripped him. Pretty quick. I mean, we had a yeah. couple of our paramedics that were with us, mm-hmm. and, and we trauma stripped them like instantly, um, yeah. just because the mechanism there was yeah. 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 And just remember too, like once you start doing that, you want other supportive blankets and stuff yeah. to yeah. keep them covered up and warm, right? Because yeah. sure. what it's just like when we talk about bleeding, yeah. we want to keep that heat in, right? Just yeah. as much as blood. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, super important. Yeah, and, guess, and yeah. dignity too, right? Yeah. yeah. So that's one thing that a lot of people tend to forget. You start stripping. And we're so focused on the nature of the injuries and what we're going to do to try and save this person. And now we're in the middle of public or in the middle of the highway. There's lucky losers with their phones out and you just cut somebody out and their yeah. tits are flying everywhere. Their dongs. <laughs> like you, you, but this is, this is life, right? This is real. So you have to cover. And that's why I'm a big component in having, um, we always have these towels 
on uh, on a stretcher. So the breasts and penises. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Grab those and, and keep them coming. VHS. Right? Uh, Todd's, Todd's shirt you're going to make. Terminology, yeah. It's all about the tits and dogs. Thomas <laughs> <laughs> Drake. I would never say that in a scene setting, but... Mm. Yeah. But no, that's the reality, though. It's because you make this... Uh, <laughs> it's Todd's, Todd's strip club. <laughs> <laughs> Todd's trauma strip club. <laughs> it's a dog. Yeah, sounds like a patent on a suicide. <laughs> 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 oh, I'm going to get, get him a shirt made yeah. for that. <laughs> so if you're listening and you want in on the Todd's uh, trauma strip club, t- tits and dogs, <laughs> discount code. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Yeah, the old wife. Uh, she's yeah. got to have a yeah, yeah. make some shirts. So maybe uh, Todd's this getting a shirt made for thing. Christmas. Our MCI shirts. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we won't bring that one up. No, but it's, yeah, like you, you need to be aware of everything. But again, if you don't do it, it could be worse. So, yeah. 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 Um, Anyways, carry on. <laughs> that went down the rabbit hole. I know, totally did, yeah. <laughs> Always do. Uh, so, so that was your second scenario for that night. Yeah. So you guys did the two scenarios. Uh, so you did the medical short of breath and then the trauma. Yeah. Uh, so that was a major trauma. Um, and then we moved to last week where we rotated some other crews through, right? Because then, yeah, then we used the other two crews, didn't we? There's two more crews, yeah, yeah. and then there's three more crews coming up, one of them being mine uh, next, right. week, next week, which I'm uh, <laughs> concerned because it's you and Matt. <laughs> We're going to throw everything at us. Oh, no, no, no. We're going to... I, yeah, I was talking to Carrie about it, and I really feel that we just need to keep it to the, um, the simple primary secondaries. Yeah. Um, start drilling these, you know, what we call like kind of your bread and butter calls, what you're going to get. Because you guys are going to be responding to the critical, so, so the reds and purples. Yeah. And look at our kind of age population of our community. So different shortness of breath, you know, different chest pains, things like that. Like some, some medical, some anaphylaxis, mm-hmm. you know, the traumas. Uh, of course, we can mix those into those are fairly fairly simple. Not simple, but they're the medical calls are actually more difficult because um, you're you're a bit of you're so investigating. You're kind of right? what's wrong with them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, versus the trauma, it's either yeah, you get a obvious or <laughs> you get a it's all it. internal flows, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So keep keep those basics really drill into the uh, those primary and secondary surveys. Yeah. Um, once everybody's really comfortable with that, then we can start. Mixing it up a bit and making people think on their feet a bit, but I uh, I offered up to carry my workshop and our lathes as props for a uh, scenario. <laughs> I would say hell yes, but not yet. Oh, actually, yeah, she's not. She, she, yeah, I was gonna say Carrie's not doing next week. She's on next week. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was yeah. like, oh, I like that idea. Yeah, not yeah. that it's gonna yeah, be. She's right now, having but... way too much fun with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah she's really enjoying. Yeah. medical scenario side. Well, it's cool because, is... yeah, because when I was telling her about it, I said, you know, we don't have to do stuff in the hall. We don't have to do these, like, mm-hmm. you walk in and imagine you're here. I'm like, we could go out in the world. It's, it's our playground. Imagine. Look, this uh, is happening. Like, I kept, yeah. like, kept talking about, you know, we could literally go in the alley and just put a sign up that says we're training and then have, like, a guy dressed like, um, you know, like a homeless guy, like, he got stabbed or shot or whatever by car. So then you'd see the wheels start turning right away and now we're getting yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. And I think, like, once you start going into those scenarios, <clears throat> those, just mix those into the other practices. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. yeah. But for now, we got to build everybody's confidence and, and that team yeah. building and how they're cycling through yeah. and learning the primaries. Because we kind of talked about this last week, whereas, you know, if in the beginning, if you start out with your stronger um, attendance mm-hmm. going through their skills and the questioning and the primaries and secondaries, 
you know, then the guys who are still learning that role, they're going to start picking up on certain questions and yeah. when those questions are being asked. And they'll be able to put that into their practice, right? Mm-hmm. So you will eventually find your niche of how, what kind of questions you want to be asking for certain calls. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, keep, keep building it that way. Yeah, yeah, we don't want to go too crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, the vision also is, you know, when we start doing these other, like, our regular practice nights, well, you know, we, you know, if we're doing an MBA uh, scenario where we're doing extrication, it's prime example easy. time yeah. I can throw it like a simple, mm-hmm. it, it could just be a simple medical. Yeah. Like it could be a very complicated extrication, but the person has like a busted ankle. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, they, they're, because, you know, way vehicles are nowadays, it's, yeah. that's typically what we get. We don't get severe injuries a lot of times in these vehicles, accidents. We're like, how'd that person survive? The guy's like, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. Can you uh, put a little bandage on my on my finger? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then you could you can tie into other real scenarios that we've attended to. Yeah. Is literally where somebody's um, had a heart attack when a cardiac arrest behind the wheel and crashed. Yeah, you no, know, not trauma related, right? But still critical or yeah. a seizure and like again not totally entrapped, but this is now medical, smoke inhalation. Right? Mm-hmm. There's lots of things. Yeah. I think we did a practice one time where there was a patient in a vehicle you were helping with. And in this scenario, they had a they had an injury to their leg or something like that. And you said, "Why wouldn't you just tourniquet that?" I think that was you. Ooh, Maybe it was Matt. No, we were talking about. Yeah, yeah. We were talking Even about just something like that as on a on an accident scene. If you see a major bleed from a from a leg somewhere, yeah. that tourniquet that's mm. wrong. Well, think yeah, <coughs> think of where. You know, you, you want to be hands-off as best, as best you can for those extrication scenarios, right? So if we can simply slap a tourniquet on it versus dinking around and trying to put some gauze on it and things like that, which may or yeah. may not work, you know, your turn doesn't, it's going to work most of the time. Yeah. So yeah. throw it on, buys you time, you can get hands-off again, start reassessing other priorities and then mm-hmm. from there. Yeah. Um, so last week. Mm-hmm. Um, I can talk about mine first. Sure. Sure. Okay. So. You, you ran one last week. I ran one last mm. week. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. So what we did was, uh, I was, I wasn't trying to throw them off a little bit, but I was trying to prompt them into kind of controlling the scene and the environment, which both crews did phenomenal. So I was sitting back in a nice big comfy soft chair, holding a baby, had music cranked. And I don't, I think Warren was the only one that picked up on the song. I was playing like, uh, it's a good day to die. <laughs> like from Godsmack? Yeah. <laughs> that, no, that's not what we had on for ours, was it? I think so. Pretty sure. Huh. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> yeah. I had a crank right beside me. And, and both, both crews ass. came in right away. Matt and Warren both mm-hmm. came in and said, oh, hey, sir, can you, can I turn this off? And they controlled the scene. So they killed the music. I was trying to get the TV working. Where were you? I was in the hall. Oh, yeah, and yeah, in the meeting room. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, because many times we'll walk into somebody's house and the TV's on. Well, that's where the truck is parked outside. Yeah, I started to figure out why the trucks kept coming by. We're like, what is going on? Because I was still teaching rookies. So, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so a lot of times you walk in and the TV's on, and that's a distraction. So I always reach over and turn it off and yeah. ask to turn it off and go from there. So mm-hmm. they did that, they controlled that scene nicely. Um, a couple of key questions and they introduce themselves. Hey, why are we here? Or you're short of breath. Uh, okay. Hey, you know, is, and they confirmed, was it just me or was it the child? I said, no, no, it's just me. The kid's fine. So, okay. Hey, can we, you know, pass them off to one of our firefighters? Yep. Yeah. No problem. Handed it yeah. off. Um, so now totally took all the distractions out of it. 
and then were able to focus on me. So they controlled the scene really nicely. Um, so my scenario was, all they were told was they were responding to a short of breath, no other information. So I was sitting in the chair, I was short of breath. Um, as they were asking the questions, I was, I was kind of prompting them, yeah, you're hearing some strider, you know, in my airway, I'm breathing pretty rapid. Um, my skin is flushed. So what I was prompting them with my backstory <coughs> was, uh, while I was making a sandwich, um, must have had, I thought it was uh, uh, like a nut-free peanut butter, mm -hmm. and no, must have got the wrong stuff. I think I must have licked my fingers or something with it on, and, and yeah, I had this, had this reaction. And they went right into, oh, have you had a reaction before? Oh, not in like 15 years, you know, tried to downplay it. And that they kept prompting a little bit more. It's like, okay, well, have you had to take any medicine for it? Oh, I've had to take Epi before. Actually, I've had to take a lot of Epi before. Mm -hmm. I think I had to be intubated before. You know, just really trying to paint the picture that this is a severe reaction. Yeah. Um, and then I progressed worse and worse. And so they asked about, do you have an EpiPen? Oh, I do. It's in my jacket. Well, it's behind you. So they were able to reach the mm -hmm. EpiPen out. And then the, each crew actually did the EpiPen assist uh, at the FR level. So that was great. Uh, they documented the time <coughs> with the administration, um, checking for hives and eukarya and whatnot and, and going forward. Um, and then each crew is good because each crew did it slightly different. So the first crew, they were only able to get the epi in me while I was in the chair. And then I started deteriorating. Uh, and I was prompting that off of a time frame of kind of their action plan on how they're going to treat me or move me and whatnot. So the one crew wanted to actually get up, get me up and walk close to the door. So then and for anaphylaxis, you don't want to be walking anybody. If anything, you want to be lying them down for uh, to sustain that blood pressure because your blood pressure is going to drop. So um, when they said that, it's kind of, oh, no, I don't think I can make it. You know, breathing's getting worse, this and that. So, okay, then boom, into plan B. Okay, well, hey, let's grab some stuff. We're going to lie them down on the clam. <clears throat> so they're already thinking ahead of pack packaging me and taking that extra step out of the way, right. not, yeah. not just lying me down, but hey, we're going to lie down on the clown on so the we clam. can move you, yeah. which right. was great to yeah. see. So they're already thinking ahead of that extrication plan. And I think actually you, Ash, I think you mentioned, hey, yeah, we can clear, we got a clear shot out this door, yeah. we can get out this way to the ambulance, to the stretcher. Mm -hmm. So he, everybody was already thinking of the extrication plan, which is really right. good, yeah. mm -hmm. which is a great component in that team of four that we talked about in the past, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, even uh, recently we've done a couple uh, ambulance assists, like without FR, we just you know get our mm. typical lift assist. Mm. And as we arrive in my head, I'm like, okay, I'm the captain. I'm, I'm obviously not doing any paperwork because the paramedics are already there doing their paperwork. So it's like, okay, my job's from the door, the patient. I'm gonna clear clear the hallway. So mm. that's my, that's what I'm thinking. My job clear the hallway, clear the hallway. Yeah. And then I get someone else to clear the clear from the ambulance to the to the door. So yeah. That's right, you know, and and that's <laughs> anyway, you go back and put it back too. Yeah, mm -hmm. great you said that because that's one thing that we're talking. That's why you guys are kind of bouncing around and going into other homes and businesses in your scenarios, which is yeah. great because we mentioned before, you're always practicing in a hall setting where there's lots of room and stuff. So let's make it more mm -hmm. realistic where there is shit everywhere. You're going to be yeah. moving furniture, moving tables and chairs. Right. And then we don't want to leave it a mess. So what are we providing? We're providing a service. Mm -hmm. So people are going to remember, hey, they came in here, they helped me. And they put all my furniture back. Yeah. Know, so it, and pick up all the, and I think Kevin sent a post yeah. like, hey, pick yeah. up all the garbage and all the um, masks and needles and yeah. as much as you can because yeah. you don't want the person to come back after they've been in the hospital and they're, maybe the person they didn't make it. And they yes. come back and they're like, uh, and then they have the, they, they get reminded of the whole scene. Yeah, that's a great <clears throat> point. Um, and not a lot of people do that. Um, 
I think looking back the pile of years, it's becoming a lot more in our practice, but I've been guilty of it before. Like when you don't have enough crew around and somebody's right. really sick, it's hard to go back and clean that up. Yeah. Um, what I have done in the past, I've, uh, I've mentioned to the, the spouse or whoever was there, said, hey, sorry, we couldn't get that stuff cleaned up. It's all regular garbage. If you can just put that in a regular garbage can and it's good to go. Okay, yeah, no worries. Thank you. And then we have to take off right away. Right. Um, <clears throat> best case a, scenario. Sorry, as he has a fire, fire like mm-hmm. we, we're not going in the ambulance, so we have time to come back in and yeah. tidy up. Absolutely. Yeah. So in that setting, if you can task somebody to go in there and make sure you're appropriately grabbing certain things. So what I always try and do uh, in the ambulance role, we take care of all of our sharps uh, yeah. and things mm-hmm. like that uh, in that moment, but there's always the wrappers lying around. Um, but... Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty important. Get that garbage, and it, if it's any um, uh, body fluid related mm-hmm. garbage, um, you know, then that's that way you want to make sure it's in a separate bag as well and clean up properly. It's not a call. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I was in touch phone buzzing. Uh, I'm responding. <laughs> no, just just a message. Yeah. <laughs> um, so so yeah, like we talked, we look back at our you know, mutual. We're providing a service, right? Yeah. So keeping that clean especially let's talk about a cardiac arrest right that is somebody's worst day ever mm-hmm. now, as they're yeah. walking in there that's and a very traumatic event it is for everybody mm-hmm. in that situation absolutely so. yeah and generally there is garbage and shit everywhere afterwards yeah. so if you can control the scene <clears throat> and even in that moment like i always like to grab a bag and start putting stuff in the garbage on yeah. the scene while we're still running the call, if you have the option to. Yeah. So I always carry in our kits and in all my ambulances, we have a garbage bag, yeah. uh, like just a little yellow or white garbage bag uh, in our kit. So you can actually start doing that cleanup right there and then. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, I, I still go back to the t- two or three years ago when we were uh, working on a guy underneath a Christmas tree. Like it was, it was mm-hmm. probably like two weeks before, maybe a week before Christmas. Mm-hmm. And like, we're like, because there's like presents and. Right, Christmas trees right there, and and then we leave. Well, we I don't think I think we picked up as much as we could, but you know there's like masks and yeah. um and like pads and like yeah. all sorts of stuff, gloves and yeah. Like yeah, the last thing you want is like like you said, and, and Kevin mentioned that in that chat group that you know you leave something there and it's totally harmless. You forget about it, but now that person comes back, mm. boom, triggered right away. Mm. Like yeah, holy shit. That's that piece of garbage from when so-and-so left on another window to arrest, right? Right. So, you know, if we can help by any means, cleaning that up to withdraw that, just just to help support, Mm -hmm. it's huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really going to fall on our shoulders. Um, If it's, especially one of those calls, like like Todd was just saying, that, you know, if they're, if it's where you need to do a rapid transport, like there's not a lot of time. (laughs) Um, it's not a call where EHS is going to be clearing us early. You you would hope so. We should still be on scene after the um, ambulance leaves. So mm-hmm. in situations like that, if we can get ourselves back back inside, you know, maybe we're putting things together back outside of the residence. Maybe we poke back inside and make sure all the furniture that that yeah. that, that stuff's proper, and then you know, doing that last look for trash. Mm-hmm. Um, it's gonna be super helpful for the residents especially if it's a, a senior mm-hmm. they're not going to be able oh, to move yeah, that couch sure. or that chair yeah. or yeah right mm-hmm. It'd be big help that's right the other uh <clears throat> key component in that as well is uh it's always good to go back and just check in with 
the other individual, if they're still in the residence, saying, hey, like, do you have a means of transportation? Like, is somebody going to drive with you? Or is there a friend mm-hmm. coming over? Have you reached out to another family member or friend to come and see you and, and take you to the hospital? Mm-hmm. You know, um, help provide that extra little bit of support if needed. Because uh, a lot of times, some people are very flustered. Mm-hmm. And, I don't know who to call. You know, I don't, I don't want to bother this person. This person's not home. Um, so if you can maybe stay a little bit longer and just help connect that mm-hmm. dot. Um, and maybe even at that That's point, me. it's just dispatch. Hey, can you send victim services over here? Right. You know, boom, get them started right away. Right. Yeah, that's that's a key thing that can occur. Yeah. Um, where were we? Oh, so yeah. The, the, so, yeah, so you guys, you laid, a st- laid me down, which is great. Um, and then I needed more epi, so we talked about giving another uh, second dose of uh, yeah. the EpiPen. Mm-hmm. So they did that assist. And uh, then we went into uh, respiratory rest. Yeah. And we talked about, you know, bagging. And they said, oh, yeah, air is going in good. Nope, it's not. Like, yeah. can't get any air in. So they readjusted the airway, tried to bag again. Nope, hardly any air going in. And mm-hmm. we talked about the pathophysiology of that because it's <coughs> an allergic reaction. So your airways are essentially closing, right? Yeah. And that, that was kind of to paint the worst case scenario. Like, there's, mm-hmm. there's nothing more at this level what we're going to do. You know, right. we've, we've done our best. Um, but unfortunately, this person is probably going to need a surgical airway at some point. Yeah. So, um, then we kind of ended it and, and debriefed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it went really, really well for, for what it was. My So my group went to you first, and my my group's got quite the dynamic. So we've got Matt, who has been a paramedic for I don't know how many years. Like, Matt's a very smart individual. He's our, he's our highest level our medic. Our highest in, level medic in the hall. In the yeah. hall. So I really lucked out having him on my team. Um, my team on paper looks crazy stacked because we got like Matt is aces, um, Carl who did really well in his FR course, Glenn who did really well on his F- FR course, um, and then we've got uh, our uh, our driver Rob. So I mean these these guys. Um, I'll get and Glenn, sorry. Glenn. Yeah, Glenn, right? Um, everybody did really, really well, but each guy is going to have availability issues. Mm-hmm. So you never really know who you're going to get, um, and that's going to be a challenge. But when everybody's there, so we're going into this thinking we're going to have a team of four. So we were practicing as a team of five. So the idea was we, we wanted our first. Uh, our, our first sim to be kind of a success so let's let matt be the attendant right. um and then i put uh um or i i i gave it to the guys in the back i'm like matt's going to be the attendant i want somebody to be the assistant and now that person then will be the attendant next time so whomever that that's going to be and it turned, turned out to be glenn so we're driving around and i said whoever is kind of that fifth man um, I, w- I kind of want you to be that angel on the shoulder. So don't be super active in, in the team. Just kind of step step back if there's something like I'm missing, if there's something that the team's missing. Just kind of be watching, take everything in, and then next go around, you'll be the assistant. Okay, good. So the first go around, we're out driving around, and we pull up and kind of chit-chat about the roles a bit. 
and uh, Rob was away for a while, so he actually wasn't even super sure on like what his role as a driver was going to be. He's he's heard some of the chat, but uh, so he says, yeah, like you're you're the guy that's going to be grabbing all of our gear for us. Like we'll be working as a team. We can be clearing pathways and stuff. He's like, oh, okay, good. And we were on our second engine because the um, the officer truck was being used for something else that night, which is the other truck that we would have been practicing with. Um, so we threw a clamshell on the pump deck and a couple other things on the pump deck and out, off, off we go driving. Well, we walk in and we see Todd and I, I look back and we've got the clam and we've got the bag and we've got two and I'm like, all right, well, we're, we're bringing everything in, which like is fine. Like firefighter Connor picture with like everything on his shoulders, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We had all the gear ready to rock. So I'm like, well, that's not, I mean, it's about the end of the world, but I mean. If, if this that's was right, a long call, we're not going to be bringing <laughs> yeah. all this. Yeah. And we, we did chat about that later. I'm like, if this is just a regular call, we're not going to be coming and equipped. I mean, if we know what we have, like if it's reported something, hey, let's bring everything that we should need and maybe then some. Like try to look ahead and be as prepared as possible. And everybody got it. It was good. So we walk in and like my job as an officer, I'm trying to like Matt walks up for us and intro hey i'm matt on fire blah 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 like did his matt thing like he's been doing for the past however many years wasn't really worried about that at all i'm kind of looking around the scene and all i can see it was pop about two inches popping out of todd's pocket is an epi pen so i was like oh i thought you were gonna say it's kind of dip <laughs> <laughs> maybe <laughs> <Little. laughs> great um so i'm like ah oh. I don't believe Todd needs that, so we'll we'll see what transpires here. <laughs> and through all the prompting and questions, oh, next thing you know, yeah, as a matter of fact, I do have an EpiPen. I've had to use it before, blah blah blah, many years ago. And then Matt, so this this was a a good learning point for us because Matt, as a much higher level, he what what does he hold? He's, he's PCP. Yeah, yeah, he's PCP. He's PCP. Um, his his scope is. Like he can do so much more than our trained FRs, um, so even he says like, are are we as an FR allowed to administer? And we're like, no. So I kind of chime. I'm like, no, we 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 can assist. Yeah. And he says, oh, okay. So you know, right away he's like, okay, yep. So we are gonna grab this. We're gonna read it. Um, and just like, he's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I heard somewhere. Those things are, was it blue to the sky, orange to the thigh? Because <laughs> he's like, he's not being mad. He's like, mm, I'm just going to have to read about this. I don't know which way this goes. <laughs> so I'm kind of smiling in the background. But that one went really well. And, um, you know, there was a couple of fumbling points there. And, uh, but overall went really, really well. So we packed everything up and go back out. Uh, and now we're driving around and we're waiting for our second call. Yeah, I just want to, for a second there, when you uh, said, because you were back to the uh, Jocko stuff, mm -hmm. you're, you have that, you know, you're detached because you have to mm -hmm. step yeah. back. And so by yeah. you just noticing the EpiPen, you're like, you know, that's kind of the whole point we have that officer yeah. back there because he, he's seeing that, you know, whether that's an EpiPen or a freaking handgun. You know, we're dealing yeah. with a guy mm -hmm. who's ODing and then you see a pistol sticking out of his pocket. Maybe those guys are so right. invested in uh, yeah. trying to. You know, get this guy breathing, narc him, next thing, um, you know, things yeah. like that. You know, so yeah, I mean, it's good having that, that officer with that that detachment. No, for sure. Yeah. And, like, if it was a real call, 
I would have, you know, verbalized that. Right. But I, I wanted yeah. to, you know, allow everything to play out, play right? Out bit, yeah. Not so much for Matt, but for everybody else involved. And myself to watch that sort of, you know, dialogue of now how are we going to get there? Because, like, I'm fucking stupid with this, too. This is all very, very new to me. Yeah. So, like, I, I want to see it play out and take, take away as much as possible. So I think it went really well for kind of our, our first kick the cat. Um, so we load up the truck again and we get the call for this other address. And I'm already <clears throat> thinking in my head, I'm like, I think I know where we're going. And we start to go up Fairview. And it was actually yeah. one of our firefighters' homes whose spouse is a paramedic. So she was helping us out as a, as a patient. And the call comes in for a distressed female. Okay, well, we'll see what this is going to be. So we knew Carrie was running it, so we thought maybe she was just going to be using her house for whatever because it's semi-close to the hall. So we arrive on scene, and these guys, their property, like, it's Griswold Christmas. Oh, yeah. There's fucking lights everywhere. <laughs> and um, so we arrive on scene, and here's Carrie walking around, soaked in blood. Like head to toe, white shirt, just drenched in blood. She was committed to it. <laughs> yeah. The best is, didn't she say, like, people were driving by, like, yeah, hey, I like your lights. And she's like, ah, oh, thanks. <laughs> she's covered like, like, in blood. Turns around and, like, thank you. Please don't yeah. actually. It's not Halloween display. Yeah, please don't actually call I got It's like Halloween or Christmas. Yeah. We're not really sure which one. <laughs> she had, like, saran wrap, gently wrapped up her arms, and yeah. then just dripped blood everywhere. Right, right. So. We pull up and we see her. She's like pacing and acting was spot on. It was awesome. So we had swapped roles. Now Glenn was going to be the attendant. So Glenn gets off and immediately makes contact with Carrie and says, Hey, like, we're all over fire. We're here to help. Like, like what's going on? And like starts to make contact with her. I'm coming around and like she's just not having it. She's like, and she's, she's talking about somebody else, somebody else. Right. And like, right, right away. Like we're thinking, okay, like this wasn't, was, was this an attack? Like, what was the deal? And she says, yeah, like the other person, the other person. And it's just something about shot. And I'm like, ah, especially we have fives attend this. Uh. Right. So we automatically got that rolling. Um, and as this is unfolding, they, they realize, yes, there is another patient behind the house in a workshop. So the crew goes down there. I stayed with Carrie until uh, police came. Um, did a, a quick survey. The blood on her wasn't hers. So there was no injury to Carrie, but she was definitely distraught. Right. Uh, so we handed her off to the police. Um, and then we both went down. Uh, and what we walked into was a gunshot wound victim, uh, kind of like propped up against a pool table leg. Um, but as we're walking in, so the first two walk in and make contact with the patient. And as, as I'm walking in, there's a, a sweet musket <laughs> laying on the ground. <laughs> and I was like, uh, what do we have here? It's going to pick this up and clear the flint out of there mm -hmm. so everything was safe yeah, jack sparrow was there yeah <laughs> it was one shot was left. <laughs> so 
you know, again, and then like we we did afterwards speak of like if it was, um, if that if that was a weapon, should should we be touching things? I'm like, I in this scenario, I don't care about crime scene. I care about the safety of everybody, yeah. and that's something that we can worry about later. Uh, so we wanted to make sure that was clear. Uh, and then to throw us off, there was a knife laying on the ground, uh, and it did have some of the blood dripped on it. So I don't know if that was like just to throw us or what the deal was, but again. Grabbed that knife, moved it, got got that out of the way because Perfect. it was it was kind of, kind of within reaching distance, so we wanted to grab that out of the way. Um, Glenn walked up, started to chat, uh, did a quick uh, survey, um, found out that there was a GSW, um, kind of like right after them, and like fairly heavy blood loss. Uh, so yeah, put some some uh, uh, some. some uh, Wound packing on there, direct pressure, kind of solve solve that right away. And they did a really good job. Like I said, the carry like she dialed with these scenarios for the traumas. Mm-hmm. Like, and uh, it was uh, was it Nicole's daughter or somebody made the or some friends or somebody that made the yeah the simulation. So it mm-hmm. was actually like they used like some cornstarch and a bunch of other stuff to right. yeah. make it like right. look pretty real and dialed, yeah. dialed it up. Really it nice. it looked super realistic. Yeah. It was really good. Um, they did a. Did they wound pack? Did you say? Sorry. Did we wound pack, or just put direct pressure? It was direct pressure. Sorry, sorry. I was yeah. 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 yeah, 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 no, 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 no. <laughs> sorry. It was just uh, direct pressure. Um, so they got yeah, just some uh, bandages. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah. yeah sorry. Um, and then uh, you know, finish the rest of the uh, RBS. Um, there was no exit wound. So that, that was a concern. We did a little chat afterwards about, you know, what's that going to mean for uh, C-spine, uh, for what we do. I mean, it's just something that we're going to be aware of, but we're not going to, like, really focus on that. Yeah, um, yeah kind of went went through the rest of the call. Um, Glenn kind of beat, he kind of beat himself up a bit. Uh, it was his first call ever, like, like, running a call like that as an attendant. Matt was now the angel on the shoulders and he took a lot of it in and then rather than like piping up during it we actually like stopped kind of towards the end just put a bit of a hard hard stop we had to chat backed it up and then ran through like that first minute or two again and because like there's a couple spots again where we just weren't dialed the outcome was I think perfect but kind of not missed just some things were a little out of order it was just a little jumpy so again like we we really noticed that we have to really work on um just those first like minute or two uh make you know making sure you're getting through that primary survey well um you know before you get into the secondary shit um and then which we continue to chat about exactly what falls under our scope and right. I, I think we were getting a little hung up on certain aspects of it, um, where like the actual patient care portion of it was spot on. Yeah. Like the outcome was going to be the same. I think we nailed everything that needed to be done to the patient. Mm-hmm. Um, was just getting a little bit hung up on some of the, on some of the actions and some of what like what really falls under our scope. But overall, it was awesome having like a live patient being out in the field. Um, that was that was wicked. Perfect, and that's mm-hmm. that's the best way to train for those scenarios, right? And having that, uh, like, let it play out for a bit, and then pause it, and yeah. then talk about it without just throwing the whole scenario off, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's good because this is exactly what is needed right now. Is 
these little little teaching points, little corrections, yeah. yep. you know, but not spiral way off, right? Yeah. Um, and then everybody's going to be able to learn from it and keep going. Mm-hmm. And nobody should beat themselves up about any of this stuff. Like, this, this is exactly what we should be doing. We should be making mistakes mm-hmm. and learning from them. Yeah. Um, it's like any other practice training night, right? That's right. That's how we all are going to learn. This is new to a lot of people. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, with firefighting, I mean, this all been around for 100 years coming up next year. Mm-hmm. So we have 100 years of experience that we've drawn from, like, over the years. You know, mm-hmm. you know, you guys being 20 years, we can draw from, oh, I remember this fire, I remember that fire, I remember this, I remember this yeah. accident. You know, and over the years, we've all kind of taken that. Now it's like, okay, this is all, like, this is a new thing for us. I mean, we've seen accidents, we've been on yeah. medical, and then obviously we have a couple paramedics. We're, we're leaning yeah, on but, three people's experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, only... It's a different only, only one of them, well, one of them is, two of them are still active. One of them has been in for a long time. The other one's still fairly new. That's right. And then the other one, uh, he's he just recently got out. So it's like, you know, there's... Yeah. It was a shift again. Yeah. Dynamics, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And it's not like they're from this hall. Like, no. their experience comes from uh, ambulance, which is, a, like you said, different scope, different practice. So mm-hmm. it's like we're trying to, like, kind of start a culture, but we mm-hmm. it's hard because we're starting to see this new thing. And we don't have all this experience that, oh, I remember this call. I remember that. Yeah. So but but we will get there. It's, yeah, it's no different than any fire call you go to. Like, there's, yeah. we go to real fire calls, and, you know, you're going to learn things to make your job easier for the next time. You're going to yeah. learn from it. Yeah. Same thing in the medical field. Like, every uh, every call we go to, you know, you're going to learn from things, and you just keep building your practice and experience from there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, again, it's, it's going to take time and um, and practice. But, you know, drill, drill with these, the basics for now. Then yeah. we'll start getting into the fun stuff, like the crazy mm-hmm. scenarios that like go into your into your workshop. Yeah, perfect, absolutely. Yeah. We will tie the shit out of somebody in that lay, and then they <laughs> yeah. need yeah. to extricate. Well, but, then then mm-hmm. then it comes down to like now we can actually bring in a truck and start yeah. doing some complicated extrication as we're doing medical. You can do a mixture, yeah. exactly. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. So no, I, that, that's actually I'm really looking forward to that. That'll be really exciting. That'll be a lot of fun to do mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Sure. But yeah, you need to pound the basics, and we can still make these basics fun. And with Carrie. Absolutely. You know, kicking it up like the way she is with her scenarios. That's exactly what we're talking about. That high fidelity training, like mm-hmm. make it as realistic as possible, and she's doing it. It's perfect. Yeah, no. you know the whole realism of it is what really brings it to life. Um, you know, like when we had yours in the meeting room, it was great because um, it was somebody like we all know you. Every, everybody in our hall has dealt with Todd at one point or another in the last couple of years, <laughs> right? It's always a bit of a, if you seen him here before, I'd be like, ah, fuck, we got some weird-ass medical thing getting thrown at us, right? It's like, what's this truck doing here? Ah, there's going to be a, you know, scenario night or something, and it's, it's going to go sideways. You should come one night and just, like, not, nothing Just happens. drive on in and be like, all right, so, you know, I'll see ya. Everybody's going to be thinking... All practice, like there's going to be some weird <laughs> yeah. scenario get getting thrown. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, even just it's not you know you're not a member here anymore. It's just yeah. something removed from the normalcy of how we practice. Uh, and then our second one, obviously, being out in the field, like mm-hmm. we were at somebody's house in their workshop. Like you know, like we know where they live, we know whose house it is, but you know, none of that mattered. We were focused on the patient, and it was just hyper real because it wasn't 
a classroom floor. Exactly. Change that environment, right? Mm. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Like we could use my shop. We can use Dennis's yeah. shop. Mm. There's different pieces of equipment, like say a tractor loader. Yeah. Now somebody's become trapped underneath that loader, mm. and you're like, oh, I'll just fire up the tractor and take that loader off. <laughs> Whoa, wait! Before you remove that loader, mm. yeah. What kind of internal bleeding has he got yeah. to yeah. remove mm-hmm. that? What's going to happen, right? So yeah. those are. You know, yeah. we're working at, we live in a uh, farming community. Those are possible calls. Oh, if sure. we train for those types of possible calls that yep. we can get called to, then we're going to be, mm. I don't think we're going to be dialed in, but at least we're going to have an idea as to what yeah. what we're going to need to do. Right. So in the next couple of weeks, there'll probably be a GSW call. <laughs> oh. oh, man. <laughs> the way the theme goes. The way it goes. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, <coughs> Looking at both of those calls and looking at like what we bring to the table as FR, um, when we were driving back, we had a pretty good chat in the truck, and I was just saying to the guys, I'm like, at the end of the day, like we're all we're trying to do is get that scene safe, make contact with the patient, and offer a little bit of aid until the show shows up like i think scott said like on fire we are the show like we're coming in it's our jam like all we're doing is just trying to make things stable yeah yeah and bc ambulance or ambulance is Mm -hmm. is, on a big fire they are our backup that's right they stage and they wait and they see if one of us gets hurt yeah Yeah. and they do a rehab yeah on a medical call Mm-hmm. They're the show. They're, they're the, the show, and we're either there to help lift things, move things, <laughs> or if we get there first, make things a little bit better. Stabilize things. Yeah. yeah. That, that's just it. Why are we there? We're, we're there to make things better. Right? Yeah. 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 And that's why, I'm. you know, we were talking about scope, and uh, yes. don't want to get, you know, we don't want to get tied into, you know, too much with uh, blood pressure and chest auscultations and stuff. We're literally there. We're going to stabilize that scene. We're going to hold, and um, yep. we're essentially going to wait. Like hold as much yeah. as we can and stabilize it as we can. Yeah. And a lot of the calls too that we go to, a lot of them aren't going to be as you know exciting as we think. It's yeah. going to, they're going to come in as a, a critical event, and you get that it's not necessarily going to be as one. Yeah. So then we switch roles into that support. What can right. we do to make things better to support you? Sometimes, literally, you are there holding somebody's hand, just comforting them right. until. Mm-hmm. Transport arrives and ambulance arrives and do the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why we talk about, like in the past, like there's, there's other things we can do as a fire department. Like you said, like um, clean up the clean up all the garbage, make it l- less traumatizing for the family when they come back into the home. Put mm-hmm. that furniture back in place. Winter time, if we've tracked mud and snow in, clean it up, right? Yeah. Um, right. You know, they, all these little things, like it's, it's providing a service. Like years and years ago. I was down at a pre-hospital conference in the States and um, we had a keynote speaker come in. I can't remember his name now. He was, um, he was a highway patrol officer for ever, somewhere down in California. Um, and also then he went into uh, law and became a lawyer. And he was telling us the story about uh, the Phoenix um, fire chief. And at that point in time, though, he wasn't the chief yet. He was just an officer. He was a captain on the truck. And his role was all about providing service. Like his crew would always go above and beyond. They would go to a medical call and this guy was having a heart attack, you know, laying concrete for his uh, front steps. And, you know, the ambulance came, they whisked him away and all this concrete sitting there not finished. So what they do, they finish this concrete for him. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and then the family remembers that. All these little events happened whenever he was on shift 
and it was always that extra service they provided. Right. And then, next thing you know, he gets promoted as chief, um, and the story went as his wife was in a severe accident. Um, he got the call, okay, you got to go to the hospital. Um, she went there, and he got there like an hour later, and he walked into the hospital bed, opened the curtains, and there's one of the, uh, the firefighter paramedics still there at the side of his, of his wife. So, oh, I thought you guys would have been long gone. He goes, oh, no, yeah, we've other guys are filling in for me. They're out. But, you know, I knew she was alone. I knew you were coming in delayed, so I want to keep her company and waited for you. And mm. he remembered that. And then years later, there was an incident involving fire truck into an accident. And his wife was, I think, involved in whatever, going to court or whatever for it. And they just remember that. Like, they remember the, those key little heartfelt right. moments, right? For sure. In your career. Right. And where we can go back in, like I said, clean up that garbage, make it better, clean up the mud we just tracked in so they don't have to come home to that. Mm -hmm. You know, that's another reminder of what just happened in that event. Um, and offer those other support services if needed, right? That's mm -hmm. that's what people are going to remember. We've recently, not medical-wise, but we've uh, <laughs> we started discussing that uh, with the chimney fires. Mm -hmm. um, we we're we're putting a, we're going to put a chimney brush on our truck. I mean, yeah. you talked about a wire, or you talked about a chain, or anything. Chain, yeah. Um, I think we're just going to throw a chimney because we had another chimney fire. Yeah. Um, you guys basically cleaned the chimney out for the person. Yep. Um, you know, and that's a service that you know normally we you know we talk a chimney bomb down, put the fire out, and be like, mm -hmm. oh, see ya, get your chimney cleaned tomorrow. Okay, well it's like minus twenty tonight, and my, my I have a wood stove. Yeah. Uh, I can't light my fire, so now we can be like. Like you know, it's not gonna be 100 percent clean, but it's gonna be clean enough that they can. It's not gonna burn down the yeah, house. They, they can light their exactly. fire. Yeah. They're so still gonna stay warm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I mean, yeah, it's all about the service. Yeah. Unfortunately, I, I, you know, I think we're, you know, we get it, but some people, not some people in our department, but some people don't. Out they're there. just like, no, yeah. we put up fires, we leave. Yeah. <laughs> Prime example. Put them hot, leave them wet. Uh, yeah. Shut up. <laughs> Punch in the throat. But <laughs> we do that on other fire scenes. Like you go to a structure fire, if it's isolated to a room and contents and you get in there and deal with it, you know, now those people may want certain items out. So what mm -hmm. do we do? Sometimes we'll go in and we'll, we'll tarp other areas of, of uh, yeah. the residence, you know, so we're not yeah. causing more damage. Or we'll remove personal items for them. That's yeah. what we're providing that service. Yeah, we so did that. It's, it's nothing that new. structure fire that we just had. Like, yeah. we knew the family. Mm. It's a smaller town, the old community. Um, and there was some effects from the bedroom that we knew that was going to mean a lot to them. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we had a crew. They were grabbing that. I mean, that's just that service. That, yeah. You know, and when, when we walked out with them, they were, like, overcome with, yeah. you know, emotions. It was it's nuts for them to think yeah. that we would think of that. It's their worst the day. Yeah. yeah. So what, what can we do to us. make it just that little bit easier to, you know, cope with? So. Yeah. I think even as, as we do more of these calls, when you guys have major calls and you need to get that patient out of there, we can say to you guys, get out of here, we'll clean up. Yep. Right? Yeah, 100%. We'll, we'll take care yeah. of that. You guys, one one thing less for you guys to have to worry about yep. mm -hmm. um, that we can take care of. And hopefully that builds a better working relationship between fire and uh, ambulance. Oh, absolutely. Well, and, you know, we're ultimately, like, we're, we're small town <laughs> departments, right? This is what yep. we're here for. We're like... You know, I mean, you guys have that banner. It's it's our family serving, or what is it? Our, our family, family protecting your family, your family. Whatever, yeah. right? Like that's exactly what it is. Yeah, mm -hmm. I've seen I've seen a few stories on Facebook uh, where uh, fire departments have shown up for a whatever medical call or something like that, and uh, they stick around and do the dishes and 
mm-hmm. and do some cooking or something mm-hmm. like that. That's exactly like that story you're talking about, the Phoenix Chief. Yeah, it's all service. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. We're here to provide, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's the thing. It's the little things, right? It's those little things that people remember. And sure. throughout my career, looking back, like there, there's a lot of events that occur and you run into a family member later at the hospital or, or maybe weeks later and they'll come up and thank you. And it may not be that, hey, we're, we're thanking you because <laughs> you were there to save my family member. But, hey, hey, when you guys were there last, thank you so much. You, you did this. Mm-hmm. You know, like you, whatever, you cleaned up or whatever the scenario may be. Yeah. You know, it's those little things that people remember. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. What is that uh, um, saying? We're, we're on somebody's worst day? I can't remember what it is. Yeah, it's, yeah. well, essentially, yeah, yeah, it's their worst day, but it, it's day. our yeah. routine day. It's, it's, yeah. mm-hmm. We're kind of wired and trained yeah. that way where it's yep. no big deal. And we, in we go and we deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, but it's for them, it could be their worst moment of their life. That's right. Well, you guys might have been around. So, we were just saying we had night chimney fire the other day, which there was some some funny moments there. It was actually super, super casual call. Very, very good outcome, but um, I'll come back to that in a sec. Um, last Friday, so this happened on Thursday. Last Friday, I was going to the bank for work and doing my thing, and um, I've known the teller for, for years. Um and uh, she's like, so I heard a bunch of sirens the other day. Like, you guys have been pretty busy. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's actually been not too, too bad again. And she's like, yeah, what have you had? I read you guys had a chimney fire the other day. I'm like, yeah, that was actually the call yes, uh, yesterday as well. And uh, she's like, yeah, you know, we had one. It wasn't really a chimney fire. It was electrical against the chimney and yada, yada, yada. I'm like, oh, okay. So she started to tell a story about back back in the day um but she says she remembered the crew got there and the first arrival it was kind of around winter time the crew that went in actually ended up like knocking their boots off at the door because it was like really wet and muddy mm-hmm. and crappy outside and they're like like the, the house wasn't smoky really nothing was happening but one smoke alarm went off and they could smell like a little electrical something or whatever and they end up going up and looking in one of the cupboards in the kitchen and it was like, I don't know, like a little bit of smoke stain. And they move some stuff stuff around. Next thing you know, it's like rock and flames. Like, oh, shit, this is a real fire. And then the guys went out and it was nuts for the next, you know, whatever. But she says she just like completely remembered when the crew came. They like came up to the door, opened it, like knocked off the boots, you know, minimized the traffic. Yeah. And it was going to go up into the house until... You know, you realize, hey, you know, this is actually something. And it was luckily contained to a small portion of the attic at at that point. Right. Obviously, had to do some damage to get it out. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So, it, these things will stick with you mm-hmm. for many, many years. And yeah. yeah, she was very, very thankful. And I'm like, yeah, you know, like, I will I will uh, relay this to, to some of the guys that have been there for a while. And now to mm-hmm. all the people listening. I mean, these things do stick with you. Yeah, that's actually one thing that we talk about mm-hmm. in our training to our rookies as well as, you know, when we roll up to a residence, um, you know, in those shoulder seasons where it's wet or muddy or out, you know, we need to leave our boots on. You yes. Know. However, depending on the scenario, sometimes like we've gone into calls um, and we've actually say, hey, you know, like 
I'm really sorry. I need to leave my boots on. Sorry if I make your floor wet. You know, just throw it out to them, and then yeah. they'll say, "Oh yeah, no, no problem at all. Don't worry about it. Come on in." Because uh, I have had people where you walk in and then they're all pissed off with their floor being wet. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're not thinking straight. Uh, yeah, know, for sure. Whatever the scenario may be, but mm-hmm. yeah, just mention it. You know, shed some light on it. Say, "Hey, sorry about that. I'll clean that up when I'm done." Yeah, um, and then they'll remember that. Yeah, for sure. Again, public service. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, going forward into next week, we can do a couple more scenarios. Uh, so same thing, one more rotation of teams, and then you guys were talking. You're going to break down into a whole bunch of like mini mini drills, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, again, just do you want to talk about that, Scott? Yeah, just give me a second. <laughs> so yeah, so essentially next week, so it's your third cycle of uh, of the rotation of your crews. Yeah. And then the week after, we'll do the minis. Yeah. So the idea with the mini sims is once everybody goes through their um, uh, kind of these bigger scenarios. Getting um, used to the team. Yeah. Cohesion, yeah. And I, I think it's kind of taking this from, well, I mean, it comes from everywhere, but uh, we, you know, the law enforcement guys do it. These big, big scenarios and kind of like ninjas are falling from the ceiling and massive. They're getting these big gunfights and all this crazy stuff. And then it's like, oh, wait, now let's go into the real, like, go, let's go out of the back. <laughs> and we do what are called door drills. So it's like, yeah. okay, uh, literally they open a door. What they're presented with is, like, super quick. Like, blah, this happens. And they deal with it. Okay. Stop. Next. So that's kind of the idea with these mini things. So it's going to be basically around the hall, around the, the truck base. We'll probably take some of the stronger medics that don't necessarily need the, the, that extra practice. Because now it's not really the group dynamic. Now it's more like a skill-based thing. So yeah. now it's going to be like, go in there, do your primary, and maybe a little bit of secondary, and then stop. Yeah. And that's all it's going to be. We're not gonna be sitting there for twenty minutes going, okay, I'm gonna do my second, my second uh, checks and all that stuff. It's like, nope, it's gonna be ABCs, and B or March. Well, we don't call it March yet, but mm-hmm. you know, we're gonna do all that stuff and then next scenario, next scenario, next scenario. Yeah, that's the idea. Good. Yeah, and and that's key. Like I mentioned before, is um, get comfortable with those drills, and then we'll start branching out and throwing some fun different angles into the calls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Any more on that stuff, guys? I think we're good. Yeah. All right. Well, um, yeah, look forward to continuing on next week with uh, those scenarios. It's going to be fun. All right. Well, let's get into some uh, some shout-outs then. Mm-hmm. Uh, Modus. Ash. Yeah, Modus. Um, they've got some, some pretty cool stuff coming down the pipe. Um, can't... Uh, can't really get into that yet, but really excited for uh, some things that they've been chat- chatting about. So um, stay tuned for us and Modus. There might be a pretty cool collab coming. Um, but uh, their gear is wicked. Um, they've got their snagger tools, their um, force entry wedges, their um, passive entry, soft entry uh, tools, um, their hose straps, uh, hydrant wrench, uh, all their uh, soft bags. I mean, they, they've, they've got a wide variety of uh, tools for your kit now. So check them out uh, on their social media. Uh, check them out on some of our social medias. Uh, if you like what you see, uh, GTFF5 is going to get you 5% off. Awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, stop the bleed. Rob, this is your time to redeem yourself. Oh, <laughs> no, no pressure. Uh, no, is there a fire call? Uh, no pressure. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Stop the Bleed, uh, three, 
I can't three remember. methods of three methods. Control. Thank you. Thank yeah. methods. That's the word I want to look for. Uh, to stop uh, bleeding, of course, you've got direct pressure. You've got your wound packing, and you've got a tourniquet. Nice. If yes. carry, <laughs> Boom. If you don't carry one on your gear, maybe look at carrying one. Or yeah. if you carry one in your medical bags on your trucks or your officer vehicles, uh, look at getting that. Those new, uh, those new chest. Um, I was gonna say chest protectors. Those new. Um, Chest rigs. Chest got. rigs. Yep. They got that thing. I think it's supposed to be for sunglasses or something. Cell phone or something. Yeah, or, uh, it fits yeah. a it fits a uh, cat Gen Seven tourniquet perfectly, and yeah. a little and a little pair of uh, uh, snips. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Actually, I got mine. Uh, mm-hmm. That's okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, so there's that. Uh, we have a couple of guys in the hall, actually Scott and Todd, who teach stop the bleed. Uh, and the website is bleedingcontrol.org. I think it's actually stopthebleed.org now. Stopthebleed.org. Yeah. I, th- I, th- I still think bleedingcontrol.org works as well. So I think both, there. I mean, they both work, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, you can uh, learn about uh, Stop the Bleed and uh, all the things that they've got there as far as teaching resources and learning resources. Um, yeah, check that out. Um, the more real you can make it, the better it is for your guys to learn on too, um, especially with the... Uh, the yoga block and the the sprayer pump that you guys have come up with uh, that helps with identifying where bleeding could be coming from. Um, yeah, yeah that sprayer pump works like a hot damn. Oh yeah, it's so good yeah, that's for right. all the scenarios. So cheap and it's yeah, a, we can't with the yoga block. That. Yeah, it's just hilarious. I know. Mm-hmm. We're actually t- <laughs> we were doing um, some shooting the other day, and uh, we we're I was training with the law enforcement guys, and we're shooting through windshields, trying to see like different things and. Um, seeing how much, uh, so when you shoot around through a windshield deflection, all that stuff, but how much glass actually comes out mm. and we're discussing like, well, like it's hitting a paper target. So we can't really see how high velocity this glass is. And someone's like, yeah, we need some of that ballistics gel. And we're kind of talking, we're like, that shit's, that shit's like a thousand dollars a kilogram or something. And someone's like, why don't we use a yoga block? We use it for everything else. We're like, I'm like, yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> so I think the next time we, we try this, we're going to use a yoga block to see, because it's got that density to it. It's like, yeah. <laughs> just mm-hmm. to see how much uh, this high velocity glass will actually go into the yoga block yeah. <laughs> to see, you know, for a person, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Tactical yoga block. <laughs> Tactical yoga block. There you go, yeah. Is there yeah. anything else I missed on Stop the Bleed? No, you nailed it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well done, sir. Consider yourself redeemed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was a little shaky there for a second. I was, was like, oh man, this is going to get awkward. <laughs> he just screwed it up and we didn't even say anything yet. Yeah. That was great. Awesome. Uh, Tanner Olson. Oh, that was the Rescue Essentials. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Sorry. So, yeah. So, Rescue Essentials. If you want to get some um, tourniquets and training aids, go to rescueessentials.com. Uh, they've got uh, all the great swag, all the good providers on there. Um, all the essentials of rescue. All the essentials of rescue, one would say. Yes. Um, but yeah, they have a lot of the Stop the Bleed products as well. So um, if you have the money and you want to spend it on some of those um, uh, wound packing devices, things like that, uh, some of the true clot, um, the fake blood shit that you mix with water works out really well. Um, it'll actually clot up and stuff uh, paired with the uh, the bandages or the dressings. Um, yeah, rescueessentials.com. Check them out. Tanner Olson. Tanner Olson. Uh, not sure what's going on with him right now since he, <laughs> everything's flooding. Um, mm-hmm. He might be maybe a new song like Abbott's Word is Sinking. Right. <laughs> new Orleans is Sinking. No, try a tragically hip. Come on. <laughs> I thought he'd do a cover. Like a cover. Right, a tragically hip. Or, <laughs> or what? 
Then rolling on the river. Yeah, rolling on the river. There's so many songs he can make. Rolling on the nutsack. <laughs> <laughs> and full circle. <laughs> oh, Cruising down the one. Mm-hmm. In my boat. All right. Uh, Tanner, well, yeah, check him out on Spotify. Um, Facebook's everywhere. You find us as well. So we're on Facebook. Instagram. We are. Yes. Instagram? Yes. I always ask you this. Yes. yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. We are, yeah. absolutely. I'm not on Instagram, so that's why I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, then you have us. So, of course, we're on the Facebooks. Check us out there. Uh, give us a like. Give us a follow. Comment us. Comment to us. Um, and YouTube as well. Um, so we've got uh, some video content on there and the Stop the Bleed stuff as well. And... Um, yeah, now that it's uh, burn season, we should be talking about doing some more videos again. Hopefully. Yeah. Probably when it's burn season, it's also dark season. I know. <laughs> so it's exactly. harder to film. Super yeah. dark. We do have, uh, we are doing some training with um, one of the other departments. So maybe that might be a good night because while we're training with them, maybe a couple, mm. a couple of you guys could be running some videos on it. Absolutely. Because then it's not yeah. tying us. A bit more Because we're not tied in with a department that night where it's a yeah. different department. So maybe mm. we can do some stuff with that. That's a good idea. Yeah. yeah. Let's make that happen. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, then, of course, the Instagrams and the TikTok. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah we will do better on the uh, on the TikTok music selections. But, uh, <laughs> or <yeah>. will we? <laughs> oh, no. We'll keep it going. Ash is looking up something. Still hasn't passed it yet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, look for, uh, yeah, look, uh, look for us on those platforms. And, um, yeah, spread the word. It'll get us out uh, in front of more people. And give us some suggestions or anything like that as well. So, uh, thank you, everybody. Is there any more for any more there, guys? Scott? Uh, no, we're going to. Oh, I was going to say, uh, currently on Netflix, I think, is Burning, which mm. is uh, about the Australian wildfires where uh, Marshall yeah. Bass was involved. That's right. That's right. I haven't seen Marshall on there yet, but <laughs> I don't know if he's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> Waiting for that name to pop up on this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I seen the um, like the trailer yeah. for it before it came out. It looked really, really good. So yeah. it, it is very climate change uh, orientated. Okay, um, mm-hmm. but there was a lot of wildfire stuff in there. Um, but the different things you did. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Eucalyptus bushes exploding. Yeah, it was actually a pretty sad scene of a koala bear on fire. Oh, it was actually quite. Uh, I'm like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> trailer. Did you see? <laughs> speaking of, did you see uh, one of our our followers did a size up to the oh, picture yeah, yeah. that you posted there. Yeah. And it's like, ah, it's going to be a no go for me, especially if it's fucking trees exploding. Yeah, and the eucalyptus is exploding. Yeah, and this yeah. happened and this happened. It's like, ah, it's going to be a no go for me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, for those that don't know, I posted a, um, it's like a rank five, six <laughs> wildland yeah. fire. No, like everything was on fire, and I'm like, mm-hmm. Go or no go. <laughs> What's your size up? <laughs> I see one of those posts still every day, and I was like, ah, I, yeah. I just can't get sucked in. I got sucked in once, and I think that's. Yeah, that's and then, what, you got, then you got crapped on by. Like, the, shit on. By like, the Kent Lamb guys. Yeah, right? <laughs> oh, did we not call them out last time? I think we never did mention their name. No. Oh, yeah, no, we did. Oh, yeah, yeah. Kent Lamb. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Ash doesn't have anything anymore. Rob. <laughs> Fuck those guys. <laughs> and good night. I, I, just, I just had a hiccup. I don't know what happened. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs>
Uh, no, I got nothing else. <laughs> All right. Well, th- <laughs> thank you everybody for listening. As always, stay safe, stay DTFF. <laughs>